Welcome to the Learning Reinvented podcast brought to you by myself, James Politilo, and the team at The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we want to do something slightly different. This week, as part of our series of speaking to new voices in learning and development, I'm delighted to welcome Kerry Chatfield to the podcast. Welcome, Kerry. Hi, thanks for having me. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, obviously my name is Kerry Chatfield. Um, my current position is as a L&D manager. Um, we call it the academy, so academy manager at a tech company. But I started off really um, with a passion for people. So I did sociology at Leicester University um, and I was fascinated by why people do things, why groups of people do things and how society reacts. So I, I did my uh, studies there. And then um, after some traveling, I essentially just needed a job. And when I came back from Australia and I fell into my first role at a business school, um, Ashridge Business School, which um, is very luckily quite close to where I grew up. And I was there for two and a half years as a open program coordinator, essentially helping the tutors um, put together and coordinate uh, programs for managers all over the world who would come and stay with us and do a course on leadership or finance or influencing skills, managing skills, whatever it was. And I learned so, so much. So I, I learned all about the background of how the tutors came up with all their content. Um, I built relationships with coaches that we had in that would um, help the participants. We had like actors who would come in and role play. And it was just a, a huge variety of uh, different ways to learn and different ways to like, give people these skills to take back to their companies and um, share with their teams. And I loved that whole concept. So I think I really fell in love with um, the variety of learning there. And then um, they actually had a um, strategic alliance with a company in America. And I decided from that, I really wanted to go into HR because it was a huge change management, I suppose, exercise and there was lots of change. And I realised the impact change can have on people, especially people who have been at a company for a really long time. Um, it didn't affect myself so much. I'd only been there a couple of years, but some people had been there 20, 30 years. Um, so I decided I wanted to do my CIPD. And I decided while I did this, I really wanted to work in a different environment and um, I wanted to work in a new environment. So I had two different roles to almost use for my assignments in my CIPD rather than relying on one all the time. So I started working for the fire service in their L&D team, which was completely different and so interesting. Um, so there I looked after things like their coaching pool and created like a coaching network between the fire service, the council and the NHS there. Um, we had like coaches in our own organisations that would coach each other's employees. It was a really cool, really cool idea. It worked really well. Um, I also looked after uh, the assessment centre. Like I, I helped with the assessment centre where um, you would progress from one role to the next. But essentially my main part of my role there was to ensure that all the firefighters had the skills they needed and the qualifications they needed to be able to go on the run and on the run essentially means on the fire truck out um, rescuing people so it was a really important role very different to what I was doing before 
but really important in the sense that actually if you miss something then someone doesn't go on the run and if you don't have enough people then an area doesn't have a fire truck that day and if there's a fire there then you know people might die so there was a real like consequence to actions and I really liked the the difference in you know if I, if I missed something in my previous role maybe one coach wouldn't turn up that day but actually this was a whole different kind of sense of urgency and and, and detail and um, impact and consequence so I learned a lot there um, uh, but then I decided I wanted to move to London so I um, left the fire service after about a year or so and I moved to London and I started the role I'm in now and Again, I've learned a lot at this role and I've been really, really lucky with the companies I've worked for. That I've really grasped every opportunity that's come my way. And that's something I'd really recommend. Um, even if it's something you're not sure if you enjoy or you'll get much from, actually you look back in like hindsight and realise how much you can get from every situation. Um, so yeah, I joined um, and Digital, which is a tech company um, all around digital transformations. And I've been there for almost three years now, three years next month. I think that's a really interesting journey that you've shared with us, Kerry, because it sort of resonates with me, you know, some of the messages you, you've talked about there. So sort of falling into your first role and, mm. you know, you've had some some initial interest from your studies, which you can then channel in that role and then progressing through and working for some very different organisations, mm. you know, from someone like Ashridge, you know, talking about real impactful L&D in the fire service where you're doing something critically important. And, you know, I, at one point I worked very early on in my career for a, for a local authority. And I think sometimes people look down on public sector and think, actually, there isn't something you're doing that's really critical. But in the same way, you you know, if you're working with frontline services in any of those areas, it can be really interesting. And now, you know, into a completely different type of organisation yeah. now where you're working on digital transformation. I think that's quite interesting that you've not necessarily pigeonholed yourself in one sector, one style of organisation. Has that been on purpose or has that just happened naturally? I think it's happened naturally. I've, I've always um, I've always only applied for companies that I really believe in and I understand and believe and endorse what they do I think that's really important to me I ultimately I'm passionate about people and helping people and and learning and I like to combine all of those things so I think it's naturally happened um, but now I think I do it consciously so I think I almost in my next role I almost wanted to be for a completely different industry I, I think unless a, a company that is, is amazing I really really want to work for them and they're already in one of the industries I'm in I would never say no but I quite like that I have experience in different industries because I think it it almost gives me like me my unique selling point in that I'm adaptable and I'm flexible and I, I can bring about positive learning experience in lots of different scenarios um, so I quite like that it's something I quite enjoy it keeps me on my toes and it means I learn a lot and I'm passionate about learning like yes for other people but also for myself. Yeah absolutely because you're able to take your experience from one sector 
take that into a new environment, test your thinking, test your application, learn new things from that sector as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, it re really enables you to move on and build your skill set. So across all of that stuff you've done in your career so far, what's been the biggest challenge? That's an interesting question. Um, I would say it's with my most recent company. Uh, so the company I'm at now. We, when I, when I, when I joined in, trying to think of the year I joined now, 2018, I was probably there around four or five months and we decided to run a company-wide learning event. And I was to be the project manager of it. So I was to be the person who was overseeing essentially the whole planning um, of, of the big event. And I was still quite new. So I, th I think I, I'd got a good grasp of the company. I think you can do that within sort of three months or so. But I was still quite new in the sense that I was, you know, keen to impress and find my feet. And it was a huge challenge because it's a huge event. So it was for everyone in the company. It was around 300 people at the time. And I really, really wanted it to be successful. So that was probably my biggest challenge. Um, and I'd never actually ran an event before. So I'm not an event planner. Um, I have never worked in the events industry. But I was happy to take on the challenge. And I'm so glad I did because it's probably been the biggest learning experience for me in terms of how many things go on behind the scenes and how much goes into planning these events and the team of people because it wasn't just a solo effort yes I was the project manager but I also had we called it the steering group um, but essentially a group of people who were involved in the planning um, so someone would look after marketing someone would look after like the content etc and then my role was to essentially be on track and keep all of them on track and understand what was going on how it all fits in together um, so I learned tons from actually how to start this, how to manage a budget, how to set success criteria, how to make the content engage in um, the structure of a day, like things like timings I hadn't really thought of before actually are so important to make sure that you get the most from the day and people get the most from the day. Um, so there was so much involved that I hadn't had experience in before. So it's definitely a challenge thinking, oh, I forgot to mention, this is probably a pivotal part. The event was to be in two and a half months time. So it wasn't actually that long to plan. Um, so I think I was told around August time and the event was in middle of October. So it was, it was a quick deadline. It was, it was fast approaching. Um, and I think, I do think the longer you have to plan something, the more like, not laid back I guess because it's always there's always a lot to do but I think the more sort of like you can create a proper like project plan and I think I almost had to do that but just really quickly and like it was quite intense every week to make sure we got a venue secured because lots of venues actually get booked up like a year or two in advance for big events so actually when I you know I probably I probably rang and spoke to about 30 or 40 different events uh, event venues and there was probably only about three options. So actually, like that was quite stressful. And I remember for a, a couple of weeks when I first started, my challenge was, are we going to have an event? Like, Are we going to have anywhere to actually go on this date? And we'd already set the date and date wasn't flexible. And yeah, it was it was very stressful. But 
I think what's really nice is actually it did go really well and I did overcome that challenge and we had the we, we turned it into an annual event and the event ran in 2019 and maybe this was even the bigger challenge in a sense because although we had slightly longer the plan we wanted it to be bigger and better than the year before and I think being the project manager again and having that sort of expectation of it's now going to be for the whole company which was probably doubled at the time probably around five six hundred people plus some of our key clients which was around a hundred we about a hundred clients about 700 people and having the pressure of it needs to be better than last year it needs to be you know such a good standard because clients are coming um and actually let's not have it in london this time which is where i am based let's have it in leeds um and not actually physically be in there where the venue is um didn't make a huge difference in the end because you can visit you have uh, video calls but I remember thinking that was a big deal at the time and being like how am I going to plan an event when I'm not there um yeah so that was definitely a challenge um and I actually had some really personal circumstances going on at the time my dad passed away um in the middle of planning it and having to organize that event and make sure it still happened whilst dealing with that was really really challenging and probably the hardest thing work-wise that I'll probably ever have to do because you have to put yourself first but also put work first too and like yes people helped out at the time but I had to come back at some point and continue my project manager role so I had a couple weeks off and then came back and had to like dive into it in a sense it was a good thing um but it was a challenge and I, I don't I can't think of a bigger challenge um in my life than having to endure that your biggest challenges can you know they vary person to person and and um situation to situation but for me I think the first year was a challenge in the sense that it was new I was new and I'd never I'd never organized an event before so that was a challenge but I think the second year was a challenge in its own way because it needed to be bigger and better. Clients were coming, it was in a different location, but I was also going through a lot myself and having to juggle, I guess, having to like juggle what I was going through, losing my dad and having to juggle my project manager role of this huge event, which my company were very good about. And I, I, I probably could have given it to someone else, but. I think when you've done it the year before and you thought you were doing it again, I, I think it almost kept me going in a way in the sense that like it was quite, it gave me structure. But I think it, just because it gave me structure doesn't mean it wasn't still a challenge. And I think um, making sure everything was done and everyone was meeting their deadlines and this event is like, the best work day for all your employees for their entire year where they get this entire day off and they get to attend this learning event where they choose all the different areas uh, different uh, talks they want to go to so we had like streams into like tech product people delivery and our people were delivering all these talks and we had a keynote speaker and like wanting it to be the most amazing learning experience for other people is a huge pressure and that naturally comes with challenges um but it's also really nice when you overcome them and people you can see people enjoying themselves on the day and even if things do go wrong I think 
appreciating that. It doesn't really matter. Things don't go perfectly. The first year, the lanyards didn't turn up and we had no lanyards at like 4 p.m. the day before the event. And at that time, it felt like the end of the world. But then you look back in hindsight and you're like, yeah, I found some plain ones that weren't branded last minute from this warehouse somewhere in London. And no one noticed and they didn't matter. Like we knew that they hadn't turned up and we, we knew it was really stressful and a challenge, but ultimately no one else did and no one else cared. And I think it makes you realize not everything has to be perfect or go the way you thought it would go, but it can still be an amazing end result. Um, so definitely a challenging, the most challenging part of my career so far, but probably the most rewarding too. Uh, I think, you know, thank you for sharing that with us. I think there's some, you know, really important things in there. You know, you've you've obviously shared a really difficult personal circumstance that you've been through at a key time in work. And I think it's interesting. Some people will share those with colleagues. Some people will keep them, you know, hidden inside. But, you know, we're all human. We're all coming to work and we've all got different challenges going on. And, uh, you know, maybe even in the last year, one of the positives that come out of that is it's it's almost a bit more OK to be human mm. and, and to share some of your background your stories your challenges and 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 I think you know dealing with loss of any any sort and you know I'm really sorry you've been through that but it, it it's just it, it's really hard for that individual and you know how they balance and and how you see people change and you know you talking about having that focus and and sometimes it some people are helped by that distraction some people aren't but uh, you know it's great that you could sort of channel something into your work you know, on on the sort of lighter side, just thinking about as well, your story is almost like a band having that second album where you've had a really <laughs> successful project, and then suddenly, how do you go bigger and better? Yeah. How that you know, because sometimes the first time round, people don't know what they're expecting, so it's all a little bit wow, and it's a little yeah, bit exciting. So and, and the second time coming back, people are like, oh, this is just like last year. So you've got to go bigger and better or you've got to go slightly different. But, you know, where do you keep the familiarity of what people like mm. last year? So there can be some real challenges in in reinventing anything to keep interest over time. And I think, you know, you'll probably have learned lessons you realise and probably lessons you won't realise as well, because they'll just become part of how you do things. And, you know, even going back to your your lanyard story of 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 <laughs> things like events or projects or launches that you know we do in L&D or other roles get you to to deal with that sort of crisis management and you know l missing lanyards is not really a crisis but at the time it can it can it can feel <laughs> it like, like one, it. but it, yeah it, they can, it can feel like a crisis and you, you know you're dealing with all of those different things happening and that problem solving the team pulling together finding a creative solution and like you said people don't need to know what was in your plan. They just need to know the great experience or impact or outcome that you've delivered. So I think some really valuable lessons just just shared it just in that story alone. So thank you very much. No worries. And, you know, moving on from there, you know, you've, you've come out of the, the back of that second album. You know, you've obviously, <laughs> you know, coming to terms with things that have happened in your personal life. What happened for you then? Um, I suppose afterwards I felt, 
I think it's quite an overwhelming feeling after something big like that ends. I think it was something I was working on pretty much primarily as my main project for months. And I think when it's over, yes, there's things to do afterwards, like the feedback, you know, the feedback form and the success criteria and like sharing some comms on how the day went, saying thank you to people. There's definitely things to do afterwards, but it's on a much smaller scale to what you were previously doing. And I think for me personally, I think I found myself a bit lost and I was like, oh, I've done this huge event and it's gone so well. What now? And I felt incredibly proud of myself for what I'd achieved. But I also um, I wasn't quite sure what to do next. So I decided to do two things. So I, well, I did one thing and the next thing kind of came naturally. So the first thing I decided to do was write a blog about the experience and actually my experience as a project manager. And I wanted to do this to like share knowledge and share insight from like behind the scenes. But I think it was also a really reflective exercise for me to do. To actually like almost release all those sort of emotions that you've had over the last few months and I think I'd definitely recommend I, I really like writing writing things down is a really nice way that I can like um, understand how I'm feeling and when I'm planning something I like to write things down it's, yeah, I, I really connect with that and if people feel similar then I definitely recommend thinking about writing a blog or an article or even like a diary entry after something huge like this to really sort of release anything you're feeling um share knowledge as well like I really enjoyed the fact that I was sharing this knowledge with people it's also a really nice exercise to look back on so in five years time when this event seems like a distant memory I can actually read this blog and be like oh yeah I did that and it's a really nice thing like pick me up and a boost of confidence I think and it reminds you how you felt afterwards um and then the second thing I suppose I did this was chance this wasn't something I planned but I was looking at the learning technologies website because we usually um, as a company we the team will go along to the you know the free bit for all like the suppliers and companies are like basically selling us I think we usually go along to that bit and pick up some brochures and we find it really interesting and usually connect, connect with a few companies there but um, I was on the website and I saw this application form um, for the learning technologies 30 under 30 for learning the, the, they called it the learning 30 under 30 I think and I remember just reading it and thinking oh that sounds really cool that sounds really cool and then something just clicked in my head and I was like why don't I apply for this because I'm under 30 still at, at the time and why not like I've got something really cool that I can share because some of the questions were things like what was your, what's been your biggest challenge why did you get into L&D and I thought I have a really good challenge that I can share and I'm really proud of what I've achieved so I decided to to apply and um, didn't really think much of it after that to be honest kind of kind of forgot all about it and then I can't remember how long after maybe a month or six weeks after I got an email to say that I had been chosen to be part of this co cohort of 30 people uh, under the age of 30 who were being recognized as like you know future um leaders in in learning and development and 
it was such an amazing feeling to be included in that cohort and I think for me that was the perfect end to the story I guess not that like my career is over but it felt like a really nice like um initiative a really nice I can't think what I'm trying to say but a really nice um it's a, it's a nice marker in your journey isn't it you know it's, yeah. a, it's recognition of what you've achieved where you've come yes. what about beyond the recognition part what did you get out of being part of that cohort lots actually um I think for, for me it was around well, number one I think what I realised was is actually really worth going to these conferences. So I think, you know, they do, they do cost, but I actually, I, I, the notes that I took on that day, I still reflect back on nowadays when things are relevant. Um, and I realised how much I, I personally learnt from attending these different sessions. Um, so that's something I, was, was new to me. I'd not been to like an L&D conference before and I really got a lot from it. And then I suppose... I actually was exposed to so many different areas of L&D than what I realised they even were. So I like, I think I've had experience in like different parts of L&D, but it made me realise that there was so much more out there and so much more that I could get involved in, so much more that I could do. And I think it was exciting to see that actually there's so much more I can still achieve in my career. and there were certain elements I was like oh that sounds really interesting like the design and like the sort of design of L&D I've not really got involved in like creating content before um and it you know hearing people and sharing what they'd done was was really exciting and I um because of that as a result I've started creating a bit of content in my company now and I think I I don't know if I would necessarily have realized how much I wanted to do it and how I was like oh I really need to do that I've never done that and if I hadn't been to, I haven't been in there and seen that session that I went to um but I think also it made me realize the importance of networking more so obviously I met the rest of my cohort who were amazing like inspirational people who had achieved equally amazing things in their career and that was so interesting to hear um and also we had the chance to meet quite a few different um, like inspiring leaders in L&D and, and authors and um, people who are running sessions and just hearing like how they got into it, why they got into it, what they're passionate about, um, what they think the future of L&D looks like. I think hearing those things from people and it not always being the same answer either was really insightful and made me realise actually the, the benefit of networking and keeping in touch with people and putting yourself out there a bit more brings a lot of value and I think I didn't necessarily I understood the importance of networking before but I don't think I really did it and I think this event kind of forced me to and I like, make the most of the two days and I got a lot from it and people that I would still like talk to and connect with today um, and but lastly I think it it forces you to believe in yourself because I think I definitely went there quite nervous maybe having a, an element of imposter syndrome thinking okay I was really excited to be part of the cohort but now I'm actually here I'm like oh do I deserve to be here like all these amazing people have done these incredible things how is what I've done enough and I think you definitely have an element of that um, and I think that's quite rational to go through this sort of 
uh, way of thinking. But I think it's also important to remember, especially in L&D, I guess, where it is so broad, people have achieved so many different things and they're still achieving different things. And I think it, I went there maybe with that imposter syndrome, but then I left realising that there's so much out there that can still be done and everyone's achieved different things and it's all amazing. So yeah, I think I, I came away with believing in myself and wanting others to feel the same way about themselves. I think that's a really important point because L&D is one of those industries that has so much to it. And once you put different contexts, different types of organisations, industries, even cultures, and you've seen that in your career mm -hmm. as well, that the, it's such a broad discipline that you can learn at, from lots of different people and we should be trying to understand and see what are those transferable yeah. lessons, what are those tips and techniques, what are those different ways of looking at things that someone else looks at in a in a dis different sphere and as much as trying to share knowledge, speak to new people, I think that is absolutely critical. So really glad to hear you talking about that. And given your background and your you know, you've moved around quite a bit, mm -hmm. you've had lots of different roles and you know, I've, I've heard through our conversation how important your own development is to you as well. What's next for you? That's a really interesting question. I think for me it's about making sure people are still engaging with learning, even though it's a really strange time and learning isn't necessarily face-to-face -face or as social as it previously could have been with conferences and meetups, etc. I think something I'm really trying to do within my own organisation is create more of a blended learning experience and make sure that our remote sessions are really engaging and uh, insightful and useful, but also trying to create learning experiences in new ways and um, create more communities and interactive ways of learning during COVID times. But I also would like to branch more into learning about very real issues. So I, I'm, very, I'm also really passionate about well-being and making sure people are engaged at work and they feel included and safe. And I think learning can tie really nicely into those topics because I think making sure you're speaking about them and people understand what they are and how they can ensure it for themselves, but also for those around them. I think that's really important. And I think as a learning professional, we can have a massive part to play in that experience and that journey. And I think if we've learned nothing else about COVID, it's about reflection and being kind to people and, and understanding and work isn't everything. It, you know, it's a huge part of our lives and it's an important part, but equally making sure we make time for other things and we're looking after people is just as important, if not more. And I think for me, I want to combine like learning and like almost, I suppose it comes back to my sociology sort of roots. I want to combine like the learning and like the society side of things, combining those to make, make sure that we're thinking about how to improve ourselves as a society and make sure people are feeling happy, included, 
looked after, engaged. And I think that's really important in personal life, but also in work life. So I'd like to have a part to play in that sort of journey. I think that's a really nice place to sort of end because what I take away from talking to you is that you're almost role modelling that because I think storytelling and being open and natural with challenges you faced and the fact that you know learning isn't doesn't operate in isolation work doesn't operate in isolation mm. you know, our home lives and personal lives don't operate in isolation they're all joined so I think being able to be open and talk very authentically about your own experiences and to think more broadly than than just the discipline you're working in. That's a, a great benchmark and and way of operating for others as well. I think I think it's just a good way of, of setting that expectation and being able to talk about yourself, being able to share for others should make it more natural for people to be able to do that for themselves as well and I know that's not the only answer but I think having that as part of how you approach things is a great start. Carrie, thank you very much for joining us today I think it's been a fascinating insight and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with you next on your journey. Thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure and it's been really fun I'm looking forward to listening to the future ones too. If people do want to follow you or get to know a bit more about your story or connect with you how should they do that yeah I'd love that um probably the easiest way is just to connect with me on LinkedIn um my LinkedIn name is literally Kerry Chatfield other than LinkedIn I am happy for James to connect the two of us and put me in touch with anyone who would like to have a further discussion if anyone does want to know any more about Kerry or connect with her we'll make sure that we put all of her details in the show notes below Thank you for listening to this episode of the Learning Reinvented podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. You can register to join the Learning Effect community. The link to do so is in the show notes below. If you've not already done so, please follow our podcast. And if the Learning Effect can help you and your organisation, please do get in touch. You can find both James and Katie on LinkedIn and our contact details are in the show notes below.